Hey, before we jump into the podcast, just want to give a quick reminder, if you're new here to the Holistic Nootropics podcast, to please just take a quick second and subscribe to the podcast. It takes literally a second to do. Just hit the subscribe button right there in your podcast player. Also, if you want to help us out, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Now, if you're more of a visual person, you like to actually watch the podcast, you can actually do that over on the Holistic Nootropics YouTube page. Just go to youtube.com, search Holistic Nootropics, You'll see our page pop up. Subscribe to that. Hit the little bell icon so you can get notified every single time new videos drop because we don't just do podcasts over there. We do product reviews. We do all kinds of nootropic and biohacking and holistic health topical videos. So go on over, check us out on the Holistic Nootropics YouTube page. And for all things nootropics, nutrition, and biohacking related, go on over to holisticnootropics.com. Okay, let's jump into the podcast. You're listening to the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, your home for holistic, evidence-based cognitive enhancement strategies. And now your host, Eric Levi. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, where we discuss using nootropics, nutrition, and biohacking to help you hack the power of your brain. My name is Eric. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner. And today on the podcast, I have Lucas Owen. Lucas is Australia's leading biohacker with over seven years of experience researching and experimenting with nootropics and other performance-enhancing compounds. He is extremely motivated to discover something big for science that can benefit millions of people globally. Lucas offers cutting edge health content ranging from nutrition research, hormone research, and nootropic research that 99% of the world has never even heard of. Lucas thrives on uh, Lucas thrives on offering insanely valuable content on a global scale. Lucas, my dude, welcome to the Holistic Nootropics Podcast. Eric, thanks for having me, man. I just want to quickly add, you're probably the very first host who's correctly pronounced my surname, so hats off to you. You know why? Because I take nootropics, I do it right, and I can read a goddamn bio. That's how we do it here. We're professional. I respect that. You got to. You got to. So let's uh, let's start from the beginning, you know, because this is such a niche subject, and you've been doing this nootropics thing longer than I have. Um, and nootropics are such an interesting field, and the more that I dive in, the more I realize that I don't know and that there's only a few people out there who, who really understand this stuff. And to even think that seven years ago, one would even become interested in nootropics in the first place. So tell me your backstory. What, what, what is your superhero story? How did you get into nootropics in the first place? Yeah. So I guess um, my journey really started out uh, playing professional soccer. And at the time I was really fascinated with various strategies and compounds and supplements and anything I could do to basically improve my awareness on the soccer field and improve my ability to sort of read the play. Um, and that's when I started delving into um, just basic like over-the-counter supplements. Like I think the very first introductory one was acetyl-L-carnitine. Um, and I remember having a very profound experience with that. And I noticed like improvements in mental clarity and just better flow state on the soccer field. And then just from there, like I – I, you know, worked in my dad's pharmacy part-time when, you know, my dad's a pharmacist and I then um, got really obsessed with like researching nootropics and fell down a whole rabbit hole. And then that sort of led me into um, studying naturopathy, which is I'm now four weeks away from graduating. Um, and in the meantime, I've just been building a presence online, like 
posting really high value content, high impact, like health information. So I guess you could sort of look at me as someone who like is on a mission to educate millions of people globally on just such underground health topics. That's yeah. That's what people need right now. You know, it's like, we're all doing, people are still trying to do these diets. Right. And when people think of health, they think of like diets. And then when they think of supplements, they think of like, Oh, vitamin C and a multivitamin, you know, it's just amazing to me when I see people, the extent of what people are using for neutro, uh, for, um, for supplements. And that's what excites me about nootropics is it's like, it's, it's a whole weird science to it that, you know, you can tweak a little something over here. You can move a thing over there. You can get this receptor to do that, to talk to this thing here. And, uh, and when I look at like your Instagram, for instance, you know, you're talking about stuff, compounds that I know of, but you're, you're showing the research on these things that they do that I didn't know they do that. They do these things, you know? (laughs) So you're doing, yeah, there's a lot of research that goes into this. Of course. Yeah. And that's, that's honestly what I'm trying to do is like provide information that, that people have never seen before. Um, or like I'll, I'll look at a particular topic, um, and explore it from a very different perspective and yeah, hopefully, I mean, that's my, like when I receive messages saying, Oh, thanks for your information. Thanks for your content. Like that's really what fuels me and just motivates me to just continue providing such insightful information. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really like, I think nootropics definitely added to that, um, that discipline aspect and that ability to just like, um, really put myself into a state where I can focus for hours on end. Um, or I think part of that could have also stemmed from playing professional soccer, like being very disciplined training and stuff. So I had a really strict coach at the time. And I think, yeah, some of those skills have definitely um, transferred across into what I do today. So with, with nootropics, you're, do you like, what is your, personal motto with nootropics are you somebody who kind of takes the same thing every day do you cycle stuff in and out do you have like uh some things that you experimented with that you're like i'll never do that again you know how, how do you approach this whole thing Geez, some uh, some good questions and it's funny you asked that because i was literally thinking how do i view them like today and it's very different to how i viewed them seven years ago when i first started out and I'm sure that's the same with yourself, Eric. Like when you first started out with, um, you know, experimenting, I'm sure you've come such a long way with understanding your own brain chemistry and like what for, what fits well for your neurotransmitters. Like, have you noticed that as well? I mean, I know this. See, the the way that I approach this whole thing is I I don't just mess with the supplements themselves. I'm very into like locking down the diet and the lifestyle. And so for me you know, like for instance, a big thing in the nootropics community I know is like, Hey, take this nootropic for brain fog. And I go, well, you see brain fog, it's a little more complicated than just a supplement, right? Like I could take all the supplements that I know or all the nootropics I know that, that work for me, but the next day I could still end up with brain fog. If I went out that night before and had like, you know, a cheeseburger, French fries and like, you know, Ben and Jerry's ice cream or something. Right. So like, so, yeah, so I've, it, it, there are those things I know I can fall back on, but sometimes they're just, they don't, you know, it's, it's always changing. Yeah. I'm the same as you there. Like with, um, like over the years, I've come to realize that even small things like certain foods that I'll consume. And I know you did a podcast talking about oxalates at one point. Um, but for me, there's like one 
food group like starch in particular, like potato starch, mm. no matter how hard I try, no matter which nootropics I take, if I have exposure to potato starch, like without a doubt, my mood and everything and like everything, I get brain fog, I get headaches and stuff. Like I, I can't even undo that with nootropics. That just goes to show you like how important it is to nail your diet, understand that although there are many commonly known healthy foods, there are so many that may not be, your body may not be reacting well to. And I think right. that's a really important point for those getting into nootropics is like, right. So why did you get into nootropics? Oh, it was to, you know, improve concentration, reduce brain fog. Um, but I think an important question to ask oneself is to like hone in on like, is are there things in my lifestyle that I'm doing that are not conducive to good brain health? And that's sort of, yeah, that's sort of where like the interest in, you know, naturopathy, which is what I'm, completing now which is very holistic you know mm -hmm. considering one sleep stress lifestyle environment toxicity all of that because we you know we're starting to realize that there's so many elements to um creating the most optimal brain i guess yeah see for me it really my i really opened my eyes when i started uh using this uh great plains organic acids test and they do this thing where it's like, they don't, they do the organic acids. I don't know if you're, I'm sure you're familiar with organic acids and like these, you know, metabolic markers, but then they do all this other stuff with like mold testing and environmental toxin testing, um, different, all these different metabolites. And then you really start to say like, okay, you see these people and you probably work with these people too, where it's like, they got it all locked down, right? They got the, they, they're doing the right diet. They're working out, you know, they're, they're, they're getting to sleep, but something is still not right. And then you realize like, oh, they they live in a moldy building or they're exposed to some, uh, you know, some environmental chemical every day, you know, coming from wherever, or maybe it's a genetic thing. And so for me, it's like you, the holistic thing, it's, it's the only way to go with it where mm -hmm. if you don't have these other parts locked in and it's hard, man, it's like a balancing act, you know, to keep it all straight, um, but then I think once you have that locked in, I think the nootropics are just that next level um, to take you to that, that flow state instantly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that principle there you're touching on is like um, holism versus reductionism. Um, and that reductionism is, I had, I had like firsthand experience with that. Like in my dad's pharmacy, when I was working there from a young age, I could see how certain medications were, dispensed and prescribed. Um, and I was, a. unfortunately I, I got, I would say, you know, hurt by certain medications. For example, from the very young, from the very early days, I was on like reflux medications, you know, Nexium. Oh, wow. And, uh, I thought I was gifted. I was like, Oh man, I'm so lucky. My, my dad's a pharmacist. I get all these pills, like <laughs> all these scripts and things. And, you know, I was using Nexium and, and Somac as like a band, a band aid. So I could eat whatever I could eat, just like shit on the weekends and just have a Somac and I'll be all right sort of things. So I definitely understand both sides. And the thing is like, I, I get asked a lot about, um, you know, like what's your stance on big pharma? And I'm just like, time and place, dude, like mm -hmm. there's time and place. I'm not against it. Like I, even I still, even I'm still tapping into certain pharmaceuticals, like to optimize my own performance or body composition. Um, so yeah, I guess it's like, 
having a really balanced view and being open-minded, like really receptive to new information. And I really think that an element of those, well, an element of like a benefit that I've gained through nootropics is like building curiosity. I'm sure like people that get into nootropics, like they're curious about uncovering what their mind, what their brain is capable of. Like, I mean, the way I look at the brain is like a computer. There's various systems, there's various receptors, there's various networks, and these can all be, uh, I guess, manipulated or um, stroked in a specific way to elicit a certain response. Um, And that's really what I like about the whole sort of term of like cosmetic neurology. It's like, oh, cool. We can like pick a certain region of the brain, target that to elicit a certain outcome to perform better. And it always comes back to like performance, you know, it's always like perform better. So, yeah. Yeah. And you probably know, like as a, as a dude, you know, you understand you're studying naturopathy and, and, you know, you're in this health space, you know, that, that feeling of when you, when you hit it, right. Right. Like, you know, when you're like, Oh, this worked. Um, some people don't know that some people just have no idea, like what that feels like to be like, Oh, I just feel like shit every day, you know? And it's like the only stuff that gets them going is more of the shit, right? Like they need four cups of coffee. They need the Red Bulls. They need the diet Cokes, you know, they need the sugar, they need the fat. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's an interesting space to be in for sure. Mm. Mm. So like, what is your, what is your stance then, or not your stance, but like some of the more hardcore nootropics, right? Like the, the modafinil, right. Or even like, let's throw something like Adderall in there. Um, even though I don't really consider Adderall a nootropic, but it can be used as one, but probably modafinil is probably the biggest, most popular, like nootropic that is, doesn't come from nature. Mm. Yeah, it's it's. I'm glad you brought this up because we often see it in the nootropic communities. There's like many people that will turn towards like either Adderall, Ritalin, or like Modafinil as a as a sustainable or like a long term cognitive enhancer. But unfortunately, if we look at like the pharmacodynamics and pharmacokinetics of these compounds, um, the harsh reality is that absolutely acutely they will support. Um, you know, attention, reduce sleepiness and improve like concentration, things like that, and perhaps even working memory. But unfortunately, I mean, I'm always thinking like not, I'm not thinking about today, I'm thinking about tomorrow and like the next week and like maybe the next month. Like if I take a compound and it's going to boost me up plus 10, but then take me down to a negative 15, like the day after, for me, I don't view that as worth it. And I don't, I don't see that as like worth a trade-off sort of thing. So I'm basically looking for compounds that can be used sustainably um, that can incrementally improve your baseline over time. And if you stop taking it, then a lot of the residual benefits still trickle and remain. They sort of you know, linger after you stop. And a great example for me in my experience was uridine monophosphate. Um, you know, like an acetylcholine donor precursor to CDP choline. For me, that honestly, Eric, like that just like changed my brain permanent. I think somewhat permanently, like it just, I used to be someone who struggled to initiate tasks. Like it used to be such a big bloody deal to like 
get something started, like an assignment or whatever. It used to be such a like struggle to like that process of being from zero to like 1% to just get started. That used to be quite difficult. Whereas now, you know, after I started using uridine, I don't feel like that wall is there anymore. It's just like, you're just, you're already over the wall <laughs> sort of feeling. Yeah. And so do you, do you pair that with, uh, with anything else like, uh, like a Hooper Zine or, or something like that? Um, I did back in the day, but I realized that like I was someone who was already very sensitive to the choline supplements. Mm. Um, and we see that in the community a lot. Uh, people go overboard with the choline donors and CDP choline. Um, yeah, I, I tend to be someone who is already very, I think, I guess, choline dominant in a sense. And so like I didn't really need any more because then that would like make me get twitches and spasms and some other weird neurological symptoms. But um, But yeah, like it just... There's so many cool compounds that I've learned to understand. And the thing is like, yes, these are tools. But the other thing is like when you get into nootropics, you you end up learning so much about yourself. Like it's actually a a process of like self-discovery and you feel very empowered when you start to learn, oh, this elicited this effect and I, I felt this particular way or I took cordyceps and six hours later I got anxiety and I was very stiff and tense in conversations like, oh, now what's happening in the brain sort of thing. I, I just love that whole process. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's um, the uridine is interesting because you're not the first person I've heard say they've had that kind of experience with uridine monophosphate. And I, I've never tried it myself, but um, definitely something I want to uh, definitely has a good reputation amongst, um, you know, people who know what they're talking about. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, uridine's definitely up there. Um, but I, I personally haven't, like I've only, use modafinil like once but i don't think i'd ever see myself using it again i just don't feel like um it really was worth the extended feeling of wakefulness and and alertness like my baseline i would hope my baseline i'm not hoping my baseline is high enough that i don't need to rely on modafinil to keep me awake if i am then i'm like shit something's wrong in my life i gotta address my sleep you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. This is, this is like, man, you know, like we're, we're both in these nootropic circles. Right. And, uh, and I see that conversation over and over again. And I, I, I really try not to chime in because I'm like, you know, who am I to like tell somebody what to do with their life? Right. But at the same time, it drives me crazy because you just nailed it right there, which is like, Hey, you know, I'm taking modafinil. Okay. But like, why, like, wh- what is that thing that, what is that hole that modafinil is filling for you? Because you should be what you sh- your baseline should be up here, you know. And if it's not up here, you, you should be trying to figure out the things like: is it your sleep? Is it your diet? Is it your hormones? Um, speaking of which, you do a lot of st- you do a lot of stuff with testosterone. You know, you're you're one of these leading voices on testosterone, which I find uh, I find interesting because I've had several conversations on here. Um, I recently in- uh, interviewed this. Uh, naturopathic doctor who works with men's health. And he was talking about uh, testosterone. And he said a thing that I I wholeheartedly agree with, which is testosterone is a nootropic, but you can't take test. I mean, you can't take testosterone technically, but you can take the precursors to it. But, um, you know, what, what are you, where are you coming from with testosterone? How are you getting at helping a man or, you know, a woman, uh, boost their testosterone? 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because there really is a, a powerful synergy between uh, nootropics and testosterone. Now, the key is I actually learned um, pretty early on that there was a huge uh, – testosterone itself had a huge impact on cognitive function. And when I delved into the research, I realized that testosterone's effects in the brain are like extremely, extremely powerful and – we see this for guys that do go on TRT, um, guys that do take test, end up taking testosterone. They end up seeing massive shifts in their personality. They see improvement in confidence, motivation, goal-oriented behavior, um, the desire to like chase money, success. Um, and the thing is, like I was very interested in like how testosterone was exerting these effects in the brain. The thing is I quickly learned that it's not just testosterone. It's actually it's metabolites. So like estrogen in men and DHT are both extremely important for brain health, not just testosterone. And I think a lot of guys, um, unfortunately they view estrogen as the female hormone. Um, whilst that is true to a degree, in women, you know, women have more estrogen than 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 men. It, like in a male in a male brain, like estrogen is there to protect the brain. It's there to like improve like memory and things like that. So, yeah, I was, I was very fascinated by optimize. Like I was very fascinated in various ways we could optimize testosterone naturally. And I, I, I'm I'm very proud to say that I got myself to a point where I ended up maxing out my natural testosterone to just shy of a thousand nanograms per deciliter. Um, and I was deploying a, a lot of different strategies, which I'm happy to discuss, you know, if we want to dive deeper there. Yeah. Let's dive in, baby. How, how are you doing that? That's what everyone, all seven of my listeners are on the other end right now. Yes. We want to hear it. We need testosterone. How do you do it? What do you, what are you doing? Yeah. So the very first thing is to, from a dietary perspective, um, most important principle there is to shift the type of fats you eat to predominantly saturated fats and monounsaturated fats. They're like the, the main sources. Um, and then also ensuring you're getting sufficient amounts of carbohydrates. So at the time that I was doing the, well, at the time that I got my blood test and I got 988 as my score, I was, I certainly wasn't holding back on carbohydrates. You know, mm. I was having probably around 300 to 350 grams per day. Um, mm. And I was having a range of like organ meats, like chicken hearts, liver, kidney. And these are fueled with like testosterone bu boosting nutrients. Um, and then I was stacking that with like a range of um, botanicals and like traditional Chinese med medicinal herbs. Um, like cystanch extract. I was using um, tutka, which is a liver tonic. And then I was yep. using small amounts of cipriheptidine and vitamin B1, vitamin E. There was a certain stack that I sort of put together. Um, and I think that really pushed things over the line. And then I think the final frontier was actually icing my balls. Yeah. <laughs> Have yeah. you have you seen much? Of course. Talk Listen, man, I am not afraid to say I have definitely thrown the ice packs on my boys down there. 
Uh, I've even gone so far as to join your Facebook group, which is all about icing the balls, which is amazing. You know, people down on Facebook, but little do they know there's a whole group dedicated to icing your balls. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, t- tell me about that. Tell me about icing your balls. Wh- where did you even, cause I've heard of this before and it was one of those things like I heard somebody say it, right. And they're like, you, 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 you ice your balls. And I was like, okay, I get it because the balls like to be cold, but who would ever think to just ice their balls. So where did you even like think to, to do this in the first place? Yeah. When I first came across it online, I was like, oh, this has got to be just bro science, you know, like, what is this? Um, and then I noticed like there are certain threads on some forums where there are a lot of um, Olympic powerlifters, like Chinese um, powerlifters and Russian powerlifters that were actually using this before they would lift. Mm. And I was like, hmm maybe it's worth giving this a shot. And so I started, I remember it was like two years ago, New Year's Eve, like the day after New Year's Eve, um, New Year's Day. And I'm like, I'm going to start this from January the 1st. And I remember doing it. And after like two or three days, I'm like waking up with morning wood, like consistently noticing like a huge boost in libido, sexual function, better motivation, just general vigor and vitality. I'm like, shit, this actually, I feel like this is doing something. Um, and then I started recommending it to a few friends um, and they started doing it and they're all saying like, dude, what it like, this is working so well. And then I, and that's when I started diving into the research and I noticed that there were these like nocturnal scrotal cooling devices that like help with like fertility and sperm health. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh. so the original use was to actually improve fertility in men. And so I'm like, okay, well, there must be the certain, there must be some, some sort of mechanism happening here. Like what's, what's at play. And so I realized, yes, obviously the balls need to be kept cooler than the core temperature of the body. And anytime the testes are two degree, two degrees too warm, that's when it actually completely arrests spermatogenesis, which is the creation of sperm. Um, and I think part of the other mechanism behind how it actually helps with um, libido and, and sexual function is, the blood flow aspect, like we're getting extreme vasoconstriction when we apply the ice. So like your blood vessels will constrict and that's followed by a rebound like vasodilation, which brings fresh new blood and oxygen to the testes, which Mm. makes sense if you think about it. And that's why a lot of guys feel great when they have a cold shower as well, you know? Yeah. The cold exposure thing is uh, it's, it's really caught on in the last, uh, probably a couple of years since probably since like Wim Hof, uh, has, uh, has blown up. But I mean, I've been taking cold showers every day for, I mean, a couple of years now. And, um, yeah, I mean the benefits of, of cold exposure, I think more people need it. I think it's, uh, it, it's, it's a mental hack too. I think cold exposure is a nootropic as well. Um, yeah. And the ice on the balls, it, it, it totally makes sense. You know, uh, the vasoconstrict, it's almost like, it's almost like the it's it's like the ice pack is forcing the balls to communicate to the body to make more sperm, vital. Vi, uh, vi, uh, what I'm saying, virulent sperm too. Yeah. yeah so yeah. um, yeah, and that's the crazy thing too is like you hear about these um, this this kind of like worldwide shortage of tests like t- like testosterone is dropping like crazy and fertility is dropping like crazy in men and I mean I'm sure there's millions of reasons why but like least of which is definitely not the fact that we're all wearing like these tidy whitey tight underwear and we're, you know, we're, we're not thinking about like the fact that, well, for millions of years, we walked around no clothes on. Um, 
And now we're like totally like not, you know, we're just, we're dressed up, you know, we're civilized. So yeah, I mean, what, what, what a great hack that is. Mm. Somebody should uh, come up with like a catchphrase, the, you know, icing on the cake. We need to figure out one for icing, just like (laughs) icing on the sack. (laughs) Sack ice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I want to go back to your, you know, your, your formula with the testosterone, because you mentioned you were eating carbohydrates, which I think is such an interesting wrinkle to that because, you know, there's a, there's a war on carbohydrates right now. You know, it's like you, you, you listen outside the window, you hear scud missiles going off in the background against the, against the carbohydrates, you know, there's a war on fruit, which just kills me. You know, people are afraid to, to touch a banana, you know, or eat an apple or, you know, God forbid slice open a mango. Um, and I've just never understood this because it's like, okay, well, you're, you're throwing a baby out with the bathwater because you're missing all of those nutrients that come with the fruit, not least of which is, you know, the fiber, which I know carnivore people, my one carnivore listener is probably throwing his phone, you know, out his car right now, like, ah, go to hell with your fiber. But it's like, people don't realize that it's like, like, for instance, I have this little device It's called the Lumen. I don't know if you know this thing. It's like a little breathing um, device. Like you breathe in it and it measures the CO2 in your breath. And from there it could determine whether your body's burning fat or carbohydrates. And, you know, it goes between one and five, one means you're burning more fat, five means you're burning carbs. It's a, it's a cool little tool. I don't know how accurate it is, but I feel like it's somewhat accurate. And the other day I got a one, which means I was burning that, that means my metabolism was killing it. But the day before, man, I had like five or six servings of fruit. I had like, you know, a sweet potato with dinner. And it just doesn't make sense if what I'm being told is the carbs are slowing your metabolism down, but yet I throw the carbs on heavy and it's like my metabolism is registering like as good as it gets. So, yeah. Yeah. I think with the carbohydrate aspect, Eric is, um, the way I look at it and the way I try and explain it is from a thyroid perspective, like I'm trying to educate guys that are like those men with super high testosterone are more likely to have very optimized thyroid function as well. Mm. Like very good T3 status, very good T4 status. And if you dial back and look at my own hormone panel, like my T3 is almost at the very top end, if not almost the hyperthyroid just on the edge. Mm. And I think what's key to understand is that we need carbohydrates. We need sufficient amount of liver glycogen. So liver glycogen stores to actually convert T4 to T3. So, um, and that in itself is going to help with glucose oxidation and then also like supporting testosterone production. So I think, the big reason why I was fueling up so much was not only to fuel the thyroid, but then also to um, support me in the gym. Like I was training ridiculous. Like I was training like six days a week as heavy as I could six to eight reps on like squatting, deadlifting and stuff. Um, And without sufficient amount of carbohydrates, my performance would just drop. Like it just drops. So um, yeah, I think it's a really important point. Like, and pick your carbs wisely as well. Like you said, fruit before, of course, like I was smashing fruit. Um, I wasn't fearful of grains, however, like I could tolerate white, white rice perfectly fine. Um, and even oats, like I was fine with them. Um, and then just, yeah, like sort of experimenting there, maple syrup, honey, like mm. these are all, you know, powerful foods. So, yeah. 
Yeah, the the grains the the grains is where I kind of like draw the line for me. I found for my own health was was kind of a big game changer where I was like, okay, I'm not gonna no like rice. I don't know what it is with rice, but me and rice like we don't like we don't do well together. Uh, every once in a while, okay. You know the the craziest one for me though was quinoa. When I uh, when I got the quinoa out of my life, that like that was a huge game changer for me and. I felt so, I felt so like, uh, you know, cheated because for a long time people were like, well, quinoa, that's the healthy rice. And I, I was just killing quinoa. And I was just like, why, why am I all fucked up? Why am I tired? Why is my skin falling apart? What I got these dark ass circles under my eyes. And, and no, it can't be the quinoa. Surely it can't be the quinoa. Lo and behold, I'm like, let me just quinoa. We need a break. We need a break. And then I've, I've discovered, you know, all these other things and, I go back to quinoa. I'm like, look, we got, we can't do this anymore. We're, we're not meant to be. I don't know what you do. You go in, you, you're inside me. You fuck up my stomach. You give me all these cramps. I thought it was normal to have all this gas, but no, quinoa. It was your dumbass doing all that to me. Oh man, I'm, you know, I'm sorry to hear about the divorce, but um, yeah, I mean, why do you think that is? Like, do you think it was the oxalate, the oxalates in quinoa? I don't know if there's, I don't think there's oxalates in quinoa. Um, I just, I don't know. It's got to be the I, I really, I just think they're, I think they're like little pieces of cyanide in them that just go in the stomach and there's just like explosions that go off and they just burst holes through my gut lining. And then everything else goes in and it's like, see, potatoes are fucking you up. No, potatoes wouldn't fuck me up if quinoa didn't go in there first and jack up the stomach lining. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know design, what it is. Design, design and you add, um, one leaky gut, eight quinoa. Yeah. Um, you know, big quinoa has got to go down. I think they're fucking up guts all around, uh, all over the globe. I think America is so fucked up. They're sending all this quinoa to third world countries and you go over there like how are these motherfuckers so obese? Oh, well it's all that goddamn quinoa we send them every year. Well, there's, that's like what all the, that's what all the yoga girls are doing. The quinoa. Well, yeah, look at their, no, uh, nootropics. Let's get back to nootropics here. Um, You know what I love that you do with nootropics that I'm very interested in is uh, you you have some some interesting takes on glucose regulation with nootropics. Tell me a little bit about that. Like, what are some good nootropics to to help uh, to help keep the the glucose in check? Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously when I was like delving into the research, I was like, right, so clearly stable blood sugar is paramount to good brain function because anytime we dip into like a very severe hypoglycemic state, we get dizziness, we get confusion, we get brain fog. Um, And part of the mechanism there was actually instable or um, poorly regulated cortisol secretion. So like anytime we go into a hypoglycemic state, cortisol is released to bump it back up like Mm -hmm. and, and or adrenaline. So when it comes to GDAs, which are known as glucose disposal agents, um, this was a really important aspect of my own wellness journey and also for like body composition, but then also like brain health. Um, so glucose disposal agents, for those listening in, is basically compounds that can help to uh, uh, utilize the, the carbohydrates you eat and to be either used um, and stored in muscle tissue or in, or into the liver. So basically it helps your body become more tolerant and more efficient at utilizing the sugar or carbohydrates you eat. So in the early days, um, I was very interested in like berberine. Um, and I, you know, you've probably heard about berberine from like a, a gut microbiome, antiparasitic sort of antimicrobial perspective. 
there's a new form of berberine I spoke about on my YouTube channel, the dihydro berberine. It's like a an advanced form of berberine, um, which has like better bioavailability. And then we've got compounds like bitter melon. Like I'm a huge fan of bitter melon extract and cinnamon as well. Mm. Both of these are like awesome. I'll use them like 30 minutes before a super high carb meal. And you just notice that you don't get any like drop off like two hours after you eat. So yeah, huge fan. There's a new uh, product. Do you know the company Buy Optimizers? Yeah. Yeah. What's their main product? They, they, uh, they have a bunch. They have uh, this magnesium breakthrough, um, which is popular. They have a couple different probiotics, uh, this thing called Cognibiotics. They have um, another probiotic. I don't remember the name of it, um, but they just released a, uh, a blood sugar uh, product called Blood Sugar Breakthrough, which we wrote about in the site. And um, it has these ingredients. It has dihydroberberine. It has bitter melon. It has cinnamon. I think it has cinnamon. It also has uh, banabana. Um, I believe it has chromium and alpha lipoic acid. Um, might want to double check those ingredients, but, but basically these several of these ingredients you just named off, um, you know, I've, I've seen before for, uh, for blood sugar specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the most important point for most people to realize is that anyone can benefit from GDAs like these, these type of supplements is because majority, let's say like, let's say like 70% of Australians are are pre-diabetic or insulin resistant already. So, like, why not take some action early on before it's too late? Obviously, you got to polish up your diet, but but why not build the sensitivity to, to carbohydrates early on? Um, you know, and even like a high dose vitamin B one, from my experience, dude, that is powerful to lower blood sugar. Like, I've taken like up to four hundred milligrams of just pure vitamin B one, mm-hmm. and like I had a CGM device on my arm and. Um, and I, I took my, my sugars and dude, like it was actually struggling to get my glucose back up. That's how really? powerful it was to lower blood sugar. Was that, yeah. was that thiamine or was it like subutiamine? It was just regular thiamine HCL. Interesting. Um, yeah. Like really effective. That's yeah, man. The blood sugar thing to me is so, it's so real and it's so misunderstood. You know, it's like. <clears throat> when you see the amount of people that are diabetic, pre-diabetic and who aren't even, I saw this thing on the CDC's website that it was like, oh man, what is it? Like three out of 10 Americans is diabetic. I'm, I'm Jack, I'm, I'm totally jacking these numbers up, but it was like something crazy. Like three out, of, three out of 10 Americans are diabetic, four out of 10 or five out of 10 are pre-diabetic. And then like seven out of 10 have no idea that they're pre-diabetic. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. I mean, all those McDonald's cheeseburgers aren't just getting eaten by like five people. You know, it's like, it's like when you walk through the grocery store and you see the amount of just high glycemic food that's in boxes and packages, it's like, you know, it's out of control. I mean, it, it totally makes sense that this, there, it's a blood sugar um, catastrophe. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously like, when we look at it also from like a perspective of longevity, um, it seems that those with the lowest levels of insulin and who have the most stable blood sugars, like it's the HbA1c, one of yep. the long-term metrics of glucose. It's a huge indicator of like lifespan, you know, and general health. So I think, yes, we can use nootropics to have like these awesome effects in the brain, but then also supporting like, 
your ability to tolerate carbohydrates, I think that's like paramount. And obviously like the most important thing is exercise there. Like, I mean, there's, there's some research on like, have you seen the study where they compared like metformin to like a, a brisk walk post meal? Have you seen that? I feel like I've seen something like it, but, but tell me about it. If they compared like 500 milligrams of metformin um, to a 15 minute brisk walk post meal. And yeah. the walk actually outperformed the drug, which is just a 15 minute brisk walk after a meal. Um, and that's like, it was actually one of the reasons why I bought a, a walking treadmill desk at the start of lockdown. Mm, um, yeah. Game changer, just game changer. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's so smart. It, it's so crazy. Like, I don't know what it was, but like something was instinctual in me where I was like, after meals, I have to go for a walk. Like I go for like a 20 minute walk and it doesn't matter. Like when I was in New York and it was, you know, three degrees outside, I was like, I'm going for a walk here. I'm lucky where I live in Puerto Rico. It's, it's nice all the time. So I'm just going to go for a walk, but you know, without taking anything, it's for sure. And I eat a lot of carbohydrates and it keeps me, you know, I don't get those, those blood sugar roller coaster crashes. Mm. Um, and it's such an interesting study. And by the way, it's so interesting that some of the most, um, like marquee, uh, s compounds in like the anti-aging biohacking space, like metformin and berberine are specific blood sugar regulators. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, if that doesn't give anything away, then I don't know what does like, so yeah, I mean like metformin, berberine, cinnamon, these are things that people should, I mean, I guess may want to consider when it comes to optimizing longevity and, and lifespan and, um, sufficient amount of B vitamins, chromium, these minerals, all of them help with like glucose utilization. Um, L-carnitine is one that I spoke about earlier on. Like that's mm. also been shown to help with brain, like specifically brain insulin sensitivity, um, acetyl L-carnitine at a dosage of like 750 to a thousand milligrams a day. Um, so like, yeah, really it just goes so far beyond um, just longevity. Acetyl-L-carnitine is good too because it's uh, it helps utilize fats too. It helps actually like push the fats into the mitochondria. So it's like all these people doing the keto diet. It's like you're doing the keto diet, but is your are your cells actually using the fat? And L-carnitine is great for that. Yeah, yeah, huge fan. So what is your deal with um with uh like mitochondrial health? Like how do you how do you come at that? Do you use any uh, specific nootropics for that? You know, because that that's also a big thing in the uh, in the nootropics and anti-aging space yeah at one point i was like really obsessed with like um developing like a mitochondrial optimization stack and i think at one stage i actually ended up there was like a website where you could like build your own stacks and i remember like submitting like a mitochondrial stack and it just got like massive like thumbs up ratings i think i think it ended up like trending at one stage oh nice um i wish i could remember what i put in there though <laughs> um there were some key ones like acetyl L-carnitine, but I think one that's like very underground, not many people know much about it is methylene blue. Have you? I've heard, I've, I've heard, you know, some of the bigger uh, biohacking guys talk about this, but I, I really have no idea what that is. Yeah. So methylene blue is um, the very first synthetic drug ever developed. And it was originally used to treat malaria um, and on oh, like a methyl hemoglobe, it's like a weird blood cell disorder. Um, but the thing is methylene blue is uh, very stressful for the body. Like it's, 
it's it goes on it plays upon the premise of hormesis which is um a, a mild stressor will induce an antioxidant or a defensive response by the body so that's the same with caffeine caffeine's an alkaloid and alkaloids in general are toxic and poisonous but the body responds by adapting and increasing adrenaline increasing dopamine things like that but methylene blue um seems to have some really promising effects in in terms of improving mitochondrial function and specifically helping with like um atp synthesis by um you know certain mitochondrial cells improving brain function if you look into the research man like in terms of its nootropic effects and like if and it's pleiotrophic effects in the brain it's really broad spectrum um and when i first when i dabbled with methylene blue i don't use it anymore but when i did about three years ago um i noticed that like it improved my working memory like more than any other nootropic i've ever used so yeah that's that's uh yeah i've i've seen uh like people like ben greenfield dave asprey talk about methylene blue um just never really came across my, you know, my plate is like, oh, that's a thing, you know, but um, you can't get enough mitochondrial health. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, the other, I forgot to mention one other uh, cool side effect of methylene blue is you get a blue tongue. Plus you also get a blue piss as well. So, okay. An- <laughs> well, that didn't convince me at all. <laughs> I think if I saw blue piss, I might freak out. Uh, spike my cortisol and then need some of those uh, <laughs> glucose dispensing agents. That's, that's oh. crazy. So what are you doing for, uh, for sleep? Do you have any, uh, any nootropics? You know, this, this is a big one. This is a big one. Um, what are you doing? Yeah. For, what, what, I saw you posted something on your Instagram the other day about, um, I think it was curcumin. Curcumin is good for, uh, for sleep. Is that a thing you're doing? Um. I did go through a phase where I was using quite a lot of curcumin before bed and that definitely helped with my um, deep sleep, but one that's up and coming um, and I think is going to gain, I mean, it's, it's already has a lot of attention in the anti-aging community is actually spermidine. Have you seen mm. spermidine? I saw Dave Asprey uh, do a whole thing about this the other day and uh, I'm seeing it. It's in, yeah, it's, it's in the zeitgeist. Yeah. So like, I think spermidine, I mean, based off my initial, experiments um i've seen huge increases in deep sleep from spermidine um and so has my dad as well i put my dad on it um and he said that he's been sleeping really well a lot of people are saying that they're sleeping really deeply on spermidine um and unfortunately there's not much research there's no research in humans on like on specifically that topic with spermidine um but you know, I was delving into the mechanisms and like what else is it doing in the body and the brain. Um, it seems like it's it maybe affecting GABA, maybe affecting like serotonin. Um, but just from my subjective experience, I think spermidine is something that people can consider. And then I also saw this. Just from, I just remember this one. There was some really ridiculous study where it like dropped cortisol by like forty-two percent or something like that. Really. Um, yeah, and the reason the, the way I could tell that it was doing that is when I whenever I use something that lowers cortisol like massively, it's a lot harder to get up in the morning, and then also um, I'll end up like urinating a lot more frequently as well, um, and that's because cortisol is needed to actually hold fluids, and and that's why like 
you'll notice that those that have adrenal fatigue, you know, they, they crave salt and they can't hold water. So they're just always urinating and stuff. So um, I think that's a really cool one to check out. Spermidine. Man, <laughs> think about being the first guy who, who got on that one. They're like, I think there's something here. Oh, you got some stuff on your chin. Is that, what is that? Is that, oh, this nootropics. That's uh, <laughs> Yeah. Do you I do think, any, uh, what's up? Sorry. I was going to say, like, I think, I think with the spermidine, we're going to see more and more research um, outside the scope of like, cause it's originally used to mimic fasting. Like that's literally cause it activates autophagy. Um, but I think we're going to see some really interesting research over the next year or so. Where does one buy this? Um, well, I, I got in touch with a company about, was it like maybe three months ago, um, to reach out. I'm like, Oh, Hey guys, like I'm keen to explore more about spermidine. There's literally only one company in Austria that was selling it. And then these guys, and they're from the States, um, they're called Primadine. Okay. I am affiliated, a disclaimer. I am affiliated with them. Um, um, but yeah, they, they basically, offer a really good quality spermidine. I interviewed the founder and she's like, she's really well-versed, very, very experienced in the space. Um, so yeah, they can check out Primadine. Um, Primadine. And you, yeah. this is on your podcast? Uh, it'll be, it'll be, the podcast will be released very soon. Um, the product's already on my website and I'll hopefully have it on my YouTube channel soon as well. Okay. Yeah. So we'll send listeners there. Go check out uh, Primadine. Use Lucas's affiliate discount. He's got to pay off his student loans uh, <laughs> with Spermidine. So uh, his naturopathy education brought to you by Spermidine. <laughs> Help the guy out. That's good stuff. Yeah, I'm. It's this. The sleep thing is so interesting. Um, for me, the the aura ring was a game changer because now for the first time I see these numbers in real time, and it's just been for the year that I've had this aura ring like a nonstop, you know, circus of experimenting with stuff, you know, trying stuff, giving up on stuff, trying to trying to get those deep sleep REM sleep numbers, you know, better. You know what's crazy, Eric, is that like with um with my sleep, the nights that I have like very lucid dreams or very, very vivid dreams, I actually notice I feel a lot worse the next day. Have you noticed that? Yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> you say that because I have the most insane vivid dreams and I wake up like, clearly I must've gotten some, no, no REM sleep, no deep sleep. Like where did that even come from? Yeah. It's weird. Like um, recently I started having like very, vivid dreams. Um, and, but that's also correlated with like waking up feeling like freaking like, Oh man, that was exhausting sort of thing. Like it didn't feel refreshing. In fact, the nights where I have zero, like, I feel like I don't remember any of my dreams. I wake up with shit tons of energy. Wow. I just feel like really restored. So I find that really confusing. <laughs> so are you using a, are you using a sleep tracker, like a whoop or a aura ring or anything like that? Uh, I do have an aura ring, but I think the HIV thing is completely destroyed because my HIV scores are like through the roof. I don't know if I don't know if I'm just Superman or. <laughs> well, if you get, if you got that like testosterone going and you're sucking down all that spermidine, I mean, yeah, of course your of course your HIV is gonna be through the roof. Like your parasympathetic is just thumping through the day. It's like this dude is throwing down the all this good stuff. Like what's your yeah. what like what's what's your uh, what's your HRV scores at? Dude, it was honestly, it was hovering around 120. Is that an average? Uh, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, dude. 
And the thing is, I've I've, I've actually had um, I've been to like a clinic to get like a proper uh, like a proper measurement done, and like they said it was. They said it was very, very good, and that's probably why I can handle so much training and stuff, and like mm-hmm. stress tolerance um, and recovery. Um, but I, I think in the last since lockdown, man, I, I'm I'm convinced that my sympathetic drive has definitely gone up like a notch, and um, yeah, I reckon the parasympathetic tone has dropped off quite a lot, just from the general, like the world, it's unpredictable. So like I was just. I was overworking. I was just recording podcasts, doing videos, like posting as much as I could content, content, content. I think just that in, in, in and of itself was like, I think that, yeah, shifted the balance to, towards more of a sympathetic state. Yeah. So your HRV went down at that point. Yeah. I think it, it, I saw a drop off like maybe like 20 or 30 points or so. Yeah. Um, but I I want to get it retested with the proper, like I like the aura ring. And if I had a whoop device, I think the whoop would be even more effective. Um, yeah. What, what about yourself, man? Like, have you, do you track your HRV at all? Yeah. I've really geeked out on HRV, uh, since, you know, getting this HRV for me is not a problem. Uh, it's, I'm not hitting where you're hitting, but I, I have like a good, you know, 50 to 60 average, uh, at night during the day. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty chill, you know? Um, I don't know if that's like a genetic thing or like, uh, you know, because I am naturally like anxious, but, uh, but I do know that like, you know, I'm sure you've seen these stories of people who wear the aura ring and then they have a couple drinks and then their numbers are just shot. Right. So you can kind of see in real time, like, Oh, this is what happens when your body is stressed and underslept and under nourished or whatever. And, and I get those real time readings too. Um, but just kind of seeing like correlating HRV to how I feel in the day. It, I mean, it's whatever the numbers are, like they seem to, they seem to match up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, I'm looking forward to seeing more research. Like just, yeah. Like if I can, if we find a compound that can improve HIV directly, like I think that'll be a, a game changer. Even imagine like, I'm, I'm thinking about like probiotics. Mm-hmm. Sure. I reckon there's going to be like certain probiotics that can shift the balance towards like a parasympathetic state. That's just my, that's just what excites me. <laughs> I think you're right. I, I think there's something, uh, there's something to that. Like I take, uh, wh- are you taking a probiotic right now? Uh, not at the moment. I, I use a bile acid instead. I use Tutka. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think actually I heard about this from you and I, uh, I would like to try that, um, because I'm all about, uh, as oh, Jill, yeah. uh, as uh, Jill Krista would say, I'm a bilophile. you know, I've get really into, uh, the gallbladder and, and, uh, and making that thing work you know? Um, but I take, uh, I take this stuff called Megaspore, which is a, it's a spore based probiotic. And I was never a big probiotic person before, but since taking this, it's definitely been, you know, uh, maybe not a game changer, but definitely a game maintenancer, you know, where I don't like, I don't fall off too hard. Um, but the Tutka thing is interesting because, you know, I am into like liver health and gallbladder health. And I think that's, an underappreciated aspect of, of whole health altogether. Oh, dude, with the Tutka, like when I first came across it, I was like, oh, well, it's just a bile acid. Like what's so special about it? But then like, I was like, oh my God, this is having neuroprotective effects. It's 
potentially increasing thyroid function. I, I feel warmer when I have it. Uh, my digestion's a lot better. My stool quality is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like we've got, I've got a close group of friends. We call it um, Tutka gives you ghost wipes. Have you heard of ghost wipes? No, but I can, I, I think I know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause like the stool quality is so freaking good. Like it's just like a perfect, sh- perfect shit that you, you barely need toilet paper to wipe. Yeah. Like, that's how good it is. Yeah, huh. man, like that's it's such an underappreciated, you know, thing. It's like you don't need a doctor when you can analyze your poop, you know, when yeah. you know like if your if your stool is uh if it's kicking, right? Like if it's got a nice form, some it's good and meaty, it's not like it doesn't smell bad. Yeah. Do you yeah, ever do so, um yeah. you ever do like uh coffee enemas or anything like that too? Uh one of my closest friends is like really obsessed with it. I haven't personally yeah, I haven't personally tried one yet. Yeah. They're wild. They're gay. They're uh, I don't say game changer. I don't like, I don't like saying so many things are game changers, but it, it could change your perspective on some things for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know one of the main benefits is like detoxification, improving glutathione production, things like that. But um, I think I'll get to it eventually. I've just got so many other experiments lined up. It's just like, that would be like number 52 on the list. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is probably like the least comfortable of all of your experiments I would imagine. So, um, yeah, you don't want to keep that too high. Um, one thing I've been doing lately though, is uh, castor oil packs. I don't know if you ever do those. Um, I've heard, I've heard really good things. I've, I've heard they're so versatile as well. Like you can use them for so many things really. Yeah. It, it's, you know, the castor oil pack is one, uh, the, um, the coffee enema, it's, it's pretty invasive, pretty uncomfortable. Um, but if you're like, I don't know if I'm ready for all that, like the castor oil pack is a nice, like step in that direction. It's a little messy in the sense that it's like this oil, um, you know, you, it, it, it's a specific kind of routine you have to do with it, where you have to like put it on a rag and, you know, it can get kind of messy with like, okay, if it gets on stuff, it's, it's kind of gross, but like, you know, if you're into liver health and gallbladder health and gut health, like it's a, it's, it's a pretty useful tool to, uh, mm-hmm. to get things moving. I don't know the exact science behind it. Um, but you can definitely like open up some capillaries and, and get things, you know, moving in the right direction. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, well, cool, man. Before we, before we sign out, I, I do want to ask you, you know, as far as like your stack now, like what is, what are the nootropics that you're excited about that you're using, that you're experimenting with? And you know, like, like what are you using? Um, at the moment I've been hovering around a particular B1. I spoke about thiamine B1 before, but there's a new type of B1, um, TTFD. It's like, it's not solbutamine. It's a different form of vitamin B1. So I've been playing around with that um, at a dosage between like 50 to 100 milligrams. Um, That was because I responded really damn well to like vitamin B1, like just thiamine. Like that just improved my mental clarity and um, completely nuked anxiety because I think it helps with, um, reduces lactate in the brain Mm -hmm. because I'm training so freaking hard, like all the time. I'm generating a lot of lactate in the body and I feel like that's, and ammonia as well. So I'm yep. trying to work on like things to help detoxify. So TTFD, um, Thymax, um, is one that I've been using. They can check that out on my website. It's on my site. Um, and then I'm, I'm a huge fan of artichoke extract. I'm using, I just love artichoke. Like it just, it just fits really well for my constitution. Um, and then I'm also microdosing 
uh, a pharmaceutical, uh, ciproheptadine, which is like periactin. It's like a very first, the very first generation um, antihistamine. I'm not using it for its antihistamine effects. I'm using it because it like can powerfully lower serotonin. So um, yeah, they're like the main things I'm hovering around at the moment. Lower serotonin. Okay. What What are you doing with that? Is it, you, you got too much serotonin? Uh, well, what I notice is that when I dramatically lower serotonin, like with something like ciproheptadine or um, bromantane or things like that, I become a lot less fearful and I'm just really, uh, how do I put it? I feel it's sometimes I get, catch myself in a state of a bit of like a learned helplessness state. Mm. And I don't like that feeling of feeling like sort of trapped or like unsure, uncertain. So whenever I use something like ciproheptadine, there's no more uncertainty. I'm certain about everything. Um, I know what needs to be done and I do it sort of thing. So yeah, just been really, I've, I've made a whole thread on that. If you want to check it out, it's called the, the famous ciproheptadine rebound. Okay. Um, yeah. But I'll have to explore that further because it's like that. I could spend like two hours talking about that particular drug and the effects. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Where is that? Uh, where's that thread at? Where could, where can somebody find that? If they, even if they just Google search the famous ciproheptadine rebound, it's on the Ray Pete forum. Okay. Yeah, they'll be able to check it out. I'm sure there's a lot of geeks that will just like love that thread. Like it's just fun to read. So yeah, check it out. For sure. Yeah, I'm going to check that out myself. And I'll, I'll link to all this in uh, in our show notes. Um, so Lucas, this has been uh, awesome. You know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. This has been a great chat. We could probably talk for much longer about, you know, more substances that, uh, you know, you're microdosing and using and have come across. And, um, I love geeking out about this nootropic stuff and this biohacking stuff. So thank you for, for being a part of the podcast with me. Thanks for having me, Eric. And, um, I'm looking forward to having you on my show. Cause I know my listeners will, would love to hear your perspective on nootropics as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Let's wrap it, baby. Let's do it. I'm down. Cool. Well, Lucas, this has been great. Uh, all the show notes you guys can find over at holisticnootropics.com. Thanks so much for listening. And if you haven't done this yet, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, comment, and uh, go check out all of Lucas's stuff. For now, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks for listening. For more brain-boosting info, in-depth articles, and show notes, check out holisticnootropics.com.